Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler brought to you by Culligan Water as uh, we move along here on a Wednesday. Uh, let's uh, let's go jump a little bit away from football. We'll get back to it. Don't worry. We know this is a football-crazed market. Um, but uh, it's kind of interesting stuff going on, and I wanted to go to the Sarder Heyman text line, 402-464-5685, if you want to chime in on the conversation today. Kmart Steve says, did you guys see that Kershaw got pulled after 80 pitches in the middle of a pitching a perfect game? He only had six outs to go. Uh, yes, after seven innings, Clayton Kershaw pu- pulled today. Um, the Dodgers ended up winning 7 nothing. The combined perfect game or no-hitter was, was broken up. Um, I, I just can't imagine. Kershaw, for what it's worth, has had a no-hitter before. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's uh, he's kind of later in his career, but he spent the whole his whole career with the Dodgers, um, a remarkable career, one of the best pitchers, you'd have to say, of modern age at least. Uh I'm a little, I'm a little worked by this. I, I mean, I understand it's a long season. He's an older pitcher. I, I get that stuff. But how, how often are you gonna get a chance at a, at a perfect game? I don't even remember who was the. That's good trivia. I think the last perfect game in 2013, I believe, was Dallas Braden for the Oakland nice. Athletics. So that's it. <laughs> See, Bach, I have some random trivia knowledge yeah, in there. Really that was, uh, and I'm pretty sure Matt came through a perfect game that year too. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but um. This is just the way that, that, that baseball is headed, and I think it was the Rays that started this where y- you go reliever heavy throughout the season. You, you throw your starter four or five innings. Um, obviously, Clayton Kershaw went seven, but his pitch count was low. His pitch count was 80. And in the way the pitchers throw these days, I mean, there are no more Greg Maddox. You're not going to throw a complete game in less than 100 pitches. So I understand pitch count. I understand it's a long season longevity, but – there's just that that's just one of those unwritten rules of baseball. I guess it's not so much anymore. You don't pull a guy in a no hitter. Yeah. You don't pull a guy in a You don't even talk game. to him. You just <laughs> you don't talk to him. You don't say anything. You just throw him back out there and you have someone in the pen ready. So when he obviously when he does give up a hit, he's what, thirty six? Pull him, yank him, throw in some young kid to get shelled. Who cares? Yeah. And he mowed it's down thirteen. Bad. I mean he I was know, Oh my god. I hate it and it's this is the problem with baseball. They they always get in their own way. Yeah. It's same with the Tatis garbage that happened last year, where Tatis, I think he hit a grand slam or something, hyped up the crowd, threw the bat, all this. That's what baseball needs. You know what's going to put baseball on the front page of Sports Illustrated, to the front page of ESPN Sports Center, what it is? Someone throwing a perfect game. Oh yeah. And guess what? You Especially don't have a name, now. a brand name, a brand name in a big city yeah. throwing a perfect game that hasn't been done since I believe again 2013. And Twenty. It was actually 2012. You had, 2012. you did pretty well. Ah. You named off Matt Cain, right? Yes. And that was in Dallas 2012. Braden? Was Dallas, Braden, Dallas Braden was not the last. Dallas Braden was 2010. So oh. You got to think it a little further back. The last one was in 2012. Uh, how about this? King Felix Hernandez hey. <laughs> for Seattle uh, was the last but one. But that's a perfect example. It's been a decade since right. we've seen a perfect game. And you're going to pull this guy? Come on, man. 
Yeah. Just bad. Just, just, just bad. bad. Just bad. There's not much more to say about it, and everybody's frustrated. And uh, the Dodgers still won, and I guess his arm is saved for, for the future. So Congratulations. Dave Roberts is, is a good manager. <laughs> we all know that. But uh, it just it seems like, like you said, baseball getting in its own way again. Always. Um, but it, it is what it is, and, and, and we'll see what Clayton Kershaw can do. He's uh, uh, kind of obviously seemingly out of his prime, but he's he still was a pretty solid pitcher last yeah. year. So uh, we'll kind of see where that goes. The other news of uh, the day, obviously, is if you were watching the NBA play-in games. Uh, yeah. Nate, you sent me a joke text <laughs> earlier in the night that the play-in games were not uh, looking like they are going to live up to par. Um, Cleveland, for what it's worth, got back into the game with Brooklyn, they but did. ultimately Brooklyn moves on to be the number seven seed and screw nervous. the Boston Celtics. Yeah, you're nervous. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. buzz around that series, though. It well, it's a, a great series, series yeah. and I even think the Celtics could top them, but they, they're not going to beat the Nets and then the Bucks and then the you know the Heat no. or the 76ers. It's just yeah. like, my goodness, what a gauntlet before we even meet the West. And you know, the same could be said for the Nets, though. I mean, you're going to have to beat the Celtics, uh, likely the Bucks, and then the 76ers or um, Heat. That's going to be that's going to be a lot to work with out of that 2-7 matchup. But it will be probably the most entertaining one yeah. uh, in the NBA playoffs, the first round anyway. Uh, the story of the night, though, was uh, Minnesota beating the Clippers 109-104. Timberwolves secure their spot as a 6-seed, yes. or excuse me, a 7 seed now uh, and uh it's not you know otherwise not that big of a deal but it seemed like a big deal because pat beverly made it such a big deal uh the former clippers guard this was the, the reason why it was kind of personal to him he asked for, uh, to be taken care of by the clippers they didn't they released him he bounced around to a few teams ended up with the timberwolves where he said this team will make the playoffs everybody just kind of thought yeah that's pat bev being pat bev um but they did. They've made it, and he was able to uh, parade around, throw his shirt off into the crowd, j- stand on top of the yes. broadcasters. Pulled booth. a full-on Kobe. Very cool yeah. story. Uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma tweeted out uh, that they that looked like the Timberwolves just won the championship. Uh, <laughs> LeBron James threw out a bunch of uh, laughing emojis because it was just – it seemed like maybe a, the celebration was a little bit too much, but when you think about it – Probably not. The Timberwolves have not been to the playoffs other than one year with Jimmy Butler, where that team never felt like, you know, it was kind of Jimmy Butler versus the rest of the Timberwolves, basically. And they were an eight seed. Yeah, and, you know, it wasn't like they they did anything in that playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs other than that since KG, Latrell (laughs) Sprewell, and Sam Cassell put a team together like in the mid-2000s, like 2004, 2003, something like that. I have to go back and look. Um, so that's that's why this was so important to the Timberwolves uh, was to secure that playoff bid. And D'Angelo Russell even mentioned it after the game. Like, they earned this. And then the NBA has set up this play-in situation so that they could have potentially, you know, w- went 10 games above 500 and still missed the playoffs. But they went in there and got the win. Um, do you think it was too much from Pat Bever? Did you understand the situation and, and just enjoy the moment? Well, listen, the first thing I'm going to say is I, I went on Twitter this morning was looking at all the buzz and then people were saying you can't appreciate this team without this dumpster fire talking about the bad teams and it was Andre Karolinko Luke Ridenauer and Kevin Love that team was awesome <laughs> so don't you dare be throwing shade at that Timberwolves team that was AK-47 buzz oh, yeah. cut uh overweight Kevin Love by the way that team was awesome that's the best version of, of that Love. it is the best version that was double double machine Kevin Love um listen when it comes to these small market teams, these cities, when you have a team like the Timberwolves, like you said, Bach, other than Kevin Garnett, what do you have as a as a franchise? 
Because before Kevin Garnett got there, they hadn't ever even made the playoffs. Kevin Garnett's there for a few seasons. They consistently make the playoffs. Kevin Garnett wins an MVP. I believe they go to the Eastern Conference or Western Conference Finals. Excuse me. They did. They ended up losing to the Lakers in 2003-2004. Since then, you have gone 20 years with one other playoff appearance, and that's when you had Jimmy Butler on an expiring contract who never really felt part of the team. I think Jeff Teague was the starting point. I mean, yeah, I mean that was it was just a, a it was a band of, of misfit toys, and it was just odd, and it didn't feel like this was our team. This was our homegrown team. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, they've bought into this team. You have Pat Beverly, say what you will, that he might be a journeyman in the NBA. He cares. He cares about the, the, the city of Minneapolis. He cares about Minnesota. He cares about the fans. He cares about the people. What more could you want as a Timberwolves as fan? And if I was a Timberwolves fan, are you freaking kidding me? I would have stormed the court with Patrick Beverly and been standing <laughs> on the stanchion or the scorer's table myself. Let the guys have some fun. And especially in the NBA, we see so many times these guys. Like, I think a perfect example is James Harden. I mean, does that dude really care that much? I, it's For me, it just looks like he's out there just getting paid. Just signing, yeah. cashing checks. Patrick Beverly, say what you will, he cares. Yeah, he does. He and cares. And it, it needs, I mean, he was irking the Clippers all along. It was awesome. It, it, you can expect the same Pat Bev no matter what you get uh, in all those games. For some reason, I don't know why this is. I feel like, you know, NBA fan bases, I don't know how, I don't want to question their dedication. Um, but, you know, the NBA is just kind of more, and they did this to themselves, they're more about players than teams. Absolutely. Right? So there's a lot of people Absolutely. following players all around the league. But the Timberwolves, I always feel like, maybe it's because they're Midwestern, small market, whatever, I always felt like they're kind of banded together and always cheering on nothing. So I'm glad that it finally uh, is turning <laughs> yeah. around for them. I don't expect them to necessarily go win that series uh, against the Grizzlies, but still, no. uh, I think it could be an entertaining series. I think that's, too, why they... Didn't really mesh well with Jimmy Butler. Didn't feel like one of them, you know? He, right. he wasn't part of their team. Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, shrunk in the moment again last night like he usually yeah. does. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll uh, but in any case, we'll be right back here on the Ticket Watercolor to talk 1993 Huskers. Let's do it. <laughs> 